It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and what's happening? Welcome back to part two of the Locked On Reds and Locked On Rockies crossover. Paul Holden is joining me. We're going to talk about some Reds and some Rockies baseball. We've also probably got some thoughts about some other stuff going on around the league. We're going to talk about all of that here today on the Locked On Reds and Rockies crossover part two. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available. Whether you're looking at Reds or Rockies, Locked On is free and available wherever you get your podcast each and every day. And today's podcast is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app today, and you can join hosts around the major leagues and around all kinds of different sports on the Spotify Green Room app. They're changing the way that we talk sports. And Paul, we really got talking a whole lot about the Reds yesterday. I want to focus a little bit more on the Rockies today or to yesterday today whatever time is a construct and i don't i don't exactly. abide by it um so we t- we talked about and we kind of ended yesterday's podcast on a cliffhanger looking at nick castellanos will he opt out and if he does opt out is are the rockies a good landing spot for him i said yes and i definitely believe he's using that opt out it's going to be interesting to see what kind of commitment the reds make to him we heard all the same stuff from a certain pitcher who won a Cy Young Award two years ago about how he loved playing in Cincinnati, loved the fans, he loved everything about Cincinnati. But at the end of the day, money talks, and Nick Cassianos is about to get paid. I think the Rockies can be that kind of a team, which kind of leads me into the bigger picture that I want to cover today. What is the future for the Rockies? Because it seems, and I mentioned this yesterday, it seems like they're a team on the come up. So it's interesting to come up. The Rockies, they never will admit that they rebuild. They never embrace it. And they did overperform this year. A lot of people doom and gloomed the Rockies, obviously, after. I think we can safely say, I think, for Rockies fans, that last year's offseason was one of the, if not the most difficult offseason to be a Rockies fan. The free agent, after just taking a competitive window of building what was the most exciting Rockies team that we have ever seen since, you know, even the 2007 Rockies were exciting, but they were kind of a flash in the pan. I mean, we haven't seen this much of great baseball since, you know, the the Blake street bombers where the Rockies were really doing stuff that, that made them national 2007. When you really look at it, it was just a lot of baseball, good luck, a hot streak that, that took them all the way there. But you know, they on paper, they weren't even close to that team, that Boston team that they they matched up with in the in the postseason there. But they took that competitive window and really just squashed it. And it's hard because what we learned from this year as Rockies fans that all the Rockies needed in 2018 was CJ Crone. Literally, that's yeah. all they and, and and maybe one more bullpen arm. And that that's it. They just went and took these risks on players that just didn't work out. So they have to be better with their free agent approach. And I think that's one thing that we that will be the true. Uh, benchmark for new GM Bill Schmidt. The Rockies, uh, for for Reds fans that don't know, have a new GM. They f- Their GM that uh, did the Nolan trade left quietly from the organization two months into the season uh, in the middle of a series 
uh, with just an email resignation. He got to slip out, didn't have to face any press. This is two months after trading Nolan Arenado. It's a fly-by-night situation. Exactly. Like. <laughs> he, the Rockies start the year. It's not going good. And clearly, and, and, and the owner of the Rockies, Dick Momfort, is a loyal guy. If you're in, if Dick, if you are Dick Momfort's guy, you can be the next GM of the Rockies, which is basically <laughs> what happened with Bill Schmidt. He's been with the Rockies since uh, scouting for them for since since the '90s. He's been there for like 20 years or something like that. And uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people inside the organization are excited. Uh, one quote uh, was said: "How many times do you have to be hit over the head uh, until you realize the right guy is right there?" I, I just got to tell you, I, as much as I don't want to dog too much on a GM that hasn't had a ton of time. I'm not excited by this signing, I, and, and that's one thing that worried me about the future because I think for the for a bright Rockies future, they are a team that desperately needs an outside breath of fresh air. You don't need to drastically change it, but just bring someone that isn't Dick Momford's buddy. Just let someone that hasn't been around the Rockies for 20 years be like, let's recapture Rocktober and all that, you know, and we drafted Nolan and, and Trevor Story. Well, guess what? Those two guys probably aren't on the team. Well, one's for sure, and the other one's like 95% sure. I, I, I do think the shortstop market being as, as highly coveted as it is is a little muddied, and I think Trevor's down year might make it, it – leaves the door cracked to return to the Rockies. I, I don't think it's it's as set in stone as it used to be, as, as it was at the trade deadline. If you were to ask mm -hmm. me in July, it's Trevor, there is no way Trevor Story is coming back to this team. They play better in the second half. They show that – if they can hit behind this starting rotation, they actually can win on the road because they actually did do that in the second half, more in the second half of the year. Because that's the crazy thing with the Rockies. If you look at it in terms of the Padres, if the Rockies win 10 more road games, they'll finish ahead of the Padres in the right. standing this year. I mean, and and people had Padres World Series, no doubt, at the beginning of, of 2021. So, yeah, I, I Jeb, you're right where they they there is – instances where the Rockies are on the come up, but they, they need to do things in free agency and they need to keep their big players happy and interested in being in Colorado. Uh, imagine if, you know, I, I just, you do have to imagine what if, I mean, this was a Rockies infield of, of Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story and DJ LeMahieu, not only five years ago. And now right. the infield is not going to be that that's your future. But Luckily, I will say, and uh, one of the things that we are excited about, Ryan McMahon has developed into an elite defender and has really been able to fill in, you know, and at least his offense hasn't been as much as we, we need more from. Ryan McMahon has to take the next step. He is key for the if the Rockies are going to be better, he's key. And same with Brendan Rodgers, who's played a lot of who played a lot of second base this year and uh, is was as long been touted as the uh, replacement for Trevor Story. Um, but. Really, in reality, those two are great at third and second. So uh, the Rockies really would love to get that shortstop. But I think if they don't, if Trevor Story walks, they're going to look to for someone maybe in more in third base and move Brendan or second base. Uh, because I actually no, sorry, I think they're going to keep Ryan McMahon at third base. Pardon me, and then they're going to try to look for a shortstop that they can maybe just replace. Because uh, Brendan Rodgers is great at second, and 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 I just think it'd be better for him to be there. He, and the Rockies finally gave him the 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 major league playing time that we desperately needed to see, because he was a number three overall pick. Uh, you know, he was third in the draft a couple of years ago. And finally, the Rockies do it. What does he do? He bats 283, bunch of, you know, a decent amount of homers. The Rockies didn't hit homers. That's the other thing. They got to hit more home runs. So that's kind of, I guess, you know, just put everything in one scope of, of there's just a lot of there is a lot of potential, but it really does fall on the shoulders of a new GM, an ownership that thinks that they can't bring in them some of these names and hasn't shown they like spending the money on the right people. But it is a new GM. So so. 
there, you do have this is Bill Schmidt's first offseason as being the GM and and his team has actually filled out a little bit more. So we'll have to see. But, uh, you know, if you're looking for more of a concrete thing, you're going to look at a Rockies team minus Trevor Story next year, I think is guaranteed. But one that's still going to have a pretty darn good starting rotation that they desperately need to, like you said, find the hammer. They need a hammer, too. They don't have a closer. They don't have someone that re- Daniel Bard, while it was a great story last year, has shown that he's not a closer anymore. But I, I'm not opposed to giving him one more shot to let him come in the sixth and the seventh, because if, if he's on, he'll get you two strikeouts. He'll strike somebody right. out for you, but he'll pipe one over the middle of the of, of the uh, of, of the plate. And, you know, it'll be a walk off home run or something that we've seen so many times from him. So. That I would say your most likely situation is a Ryan McMahon, Brandon Rogers led Rockies team with a surprise Connor Joe being a name that turns some heads when, when you see him. Uh, but uh, those would be the leaders of the team if the Rockies don't do it. And of course, your spiritual leader, Charlie Blackman. He's not going. People have asked me if the Rockies are going to move Charlie Blackman. And I, unless he goes to the American League, I don't think anybody would want Charlie Blackman in a deal. He's paid a lot of money for defense that is not going to work out in places where he doesn't have a giant backstop behind him that he can just play balls off the wall. It's funny you mentioned there's a lot of parallels between the Reds and the Rockies. I mean, it's crazy, honestly. It's really yeah, weird. <laughs> like, like Schmidt and Crawl could be about the same guy in the general manager spot. You've got your aging superstar that's not going anywhere in Charlie Blackman, just like Joey Votto. You've got your, uh, probably arguably the best player on the team that's not going to be on the Rockies anymore, just like Nick Castellanos isn't going to be a red next year. I firmly believe that. And you've got some other guys in the rotation that look good, and you still have a decent lineup. Sands your important guy. So it's like there's a lot about the Rockies that sounds exactly like the Reds, and I think both teams are in the same position to really – Maybe take that next step, depending on what they do this offseason. There, there's there's one guy in particular, and I especially noticed him throughout the year. Really kind of got my first glimpse of him when the Reds played the Rockies, and then I watched him the rest of the year and really loved what I saw. And, and, and also, this is way off topic, but by the way, was absolutely a huge fan of the Rockies because they made me a lot of money when I bet it on when I took the home Rockies when they were underdogs. Man, that right. that bet hit a lot. Speaking oh, yeah. of bet on speaking of betonline.ag. But uh yeah, I got a I got a question about a dude and I wanna ask you about maybe some in-house dudes that could make an impact for the Rockies next season. Before we talk about that though, I wanted to talk to you those of you listening and, and also you, Paul, if you want to listen about this, but, uh, the Spotify green room app, if you've downloaded the green room app on your mobile device today, you already know that you can talk with media personalities. You can talk with beat writers. You can talk with announcers. You can talk with players and coaches about your favorite sports. You can also talk to people like me and Paul, because we host green rooms and we talk with you about your favorite team, whether it be the reds or the Rockies, or there's also NBA rooms going on NFL, NHL, all of that stuff. If you are looking to get into a conversation about your favorite team, it's there on the green room app. It's always happening because it's like the, the conference call that you want to be on because they're talking about sports. Who doesn't want to talk about sports? You can find that on the Spotify green room app, download it, create your profile, link it to your Twitter account and start following personalities that you want to get notified when their rooms go live. That's the Spotify Green Room app. They're changing the way that we talk sports. All right, so I teased it, and, I, and I'll ask a much shorter version of the question than on what I was teasing. But um, Jonathan Daza, he's awesome, right? You know, Jonathan Daza can be awesome, and, and he has that potential. He didn't have a great 
second half. He he didn't finish very strong. I think he also got he I, I can't remember if it was if it was COVID or he got hurt for a little bit, but he unfortunately just kind of fell off. But he he deserves more time. That's I, I think what what you saw from him this year is that he deserves uh, uh, more shots. He deserves a chance. What I love about Jonathan Daza is 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 the speed is is something that he really can bring. And when him and Rymel Tapia were were going through uh, their their strong part of the season when they were uh, nicknamed Swagger and Dagger by uh, Ryan Spielborgs there of uh, of Root Sports, uh, it was a really interesting top of the lineup of two people that. Like you said, they're not going to blow you away with something crazy hit, but they'll put the ball in play and then they'll take off and they will, you know, and like I, I rhyme on top. There were so many ground balls. I was like eight, uh, eight out of 10 other players. That is a single without a doubt. That is a hard. <laughs> I am running through the line. I'm not even looking, but him, he takes off. Same with Jonathan Daza. But, uh, you know, with, with, with what you worry about again with with Daza is the fact that he just kind of fell off uh, in in that second half of, of the year. But uh, again, he's he's younger. He's he's can cover the ground in that uh, outfield out there. I just don't necessarily know uh, how much more time he's going to get because he has spent a lot of time kind of coming up and down, been in in uh, in the organization for a little bit, but hasn't gotten a ton a ton of major league time. So I, I think he deserves a, a little bit more of a chance. But uh, you know, he just kind of fell off and, and wasn't able to bounce back uh, from from uh, some some injuries and, and some things late. I don't like I said, I don't think it was injury. I think he did come down with COVID um, this year. But but man, at the beginning of the season and when those two like Rymel Toppy is just another prime example. They, the Rockies just have a lot of players that are like Daza where it's just like, yeah, there's some good stuff there. But are they going to take that next step? How long are we do we got to wait? How many times do you need to, to see them out there to know that? Okay, we, we you know we're comfortable with this. I I will say I just haven't seen anything from Daza that makes me think he's a starting outfielder. I, I still put him in that number four outfielder type of type of range right now. But but just like what I think the and 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 I talked about this on the podcast one time too, and it's same with uh, with Tapia. I think the Rockies should have been way more aggressive on the base pass and use the fact that they have a ton of speed. I mean, Trevor's stories. I mean, literally from the uh, just until you hit Charlie Blackman, basically you you you're the top of your order was looking. Uh, pretty speedy there uh, for for a bit, which really could have made some interesting hit and run uh, type of, of moves that I think uh, a more creative Rockies team would have, would have implemented, and and that's that's really what I'm looking for too is creativity and, and players like Daza and Tapia can do that, but but again, baseball also only allows for so much of that creativity when the numbers start coming in, and and, and that's that's just the truth. But I I am okay if, if Daza keeps getting some more appearances, but. Again, I'm I'm just more excited if the Rockies go and get a big outfield bat because because honestly, what I really want to see from 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 the outfield or just from another Rocky is offense. Uh, the Rocky, if you're going to lose Trevor Story, you got to replace the 2020 player, and and that's what you're looking at doing. Even I know Trevor Story is 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 an infielder, obviously, but uh, the Rocky again. I'm more concerned about offense for the Rockies, which is just something you don't usually think that you're going to say because they'll win these shootouts. But but you were you, but but the classics. Unfortunately for for those that love the Coors Field narrative and uh, you know to 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 hate on the Rockies for for splits, this was not a good year to really argue against anybody uh, when it came to the home and road Rockies. Uh, so <laughs> I desperately need. I think the Rockies really need to focus on the outfield of bringing someone that's going to bring. Uh, not only uh, you know good enough defense to cover how hard it is because it's hard to play outfield at, in Colorado, but they desperately need someone that's going to bat because the starter you know Jonathan Daza, Rymel Tapia, Charlie Blackman that doesn't really 
bring that big bat that uh you know if you threw in a, a castellanos for an example i mean if you're that, that that just brings a little bit more pop and, and it just brings a little more sense because the Rockies, as great as he was, you you just can't rely on CJ Crone being your only big power bat, and 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 uh, that was the other thing when you lost with Nolan too. Is Nolan hit a hundred RBIs and batted basically you know batted three hundred with twenty home runs. So that's really what I'm looking for, honestly. And and, and I just don't. You're not going to get that from Jonathan, a ton from Jonathan Daza and uh, and uh, Rymel Tapia. But what but who you're possibly going to get that from is uh, is the other guy competing for a lot of outfield time, Sam Hilliard. Uh, he had a good end of the year and and big home runs uh, for the Rockies uh, on the road. He couldn't hit home runs in Colorado, but he would go on the road and hit home runs. And he was like, I need someone to teach me how to hit home runs at home. That was one of the things he said. So <laughs> I think Daza has his work cut out to, to compete with, with, with Sam Hilliard, who had a much stronger uh, end of the year for him. I think that's much more likely. I think you're going to see much. I think it's more likely you see more Sam Hilliard than you do Jonathan Daza though. But I, I don't know. It, it really truly depends on what the Rockies plan for free agency is. It's interesting. I, I, and I think he just had a really good series against the Reds, and that's what kind of yeah. at least got me on to Daza. And I watched him a little bit and stuff like that, but it kind of sounds like the way that you describe him kind of reminds me of how I used to describe Phil Irvin. I was a really big Philip Irvin fan whenever he was a Red, and then he's since moved around a couple of times since then, but he was always like the fourth outfielder that it, it felt like if he got more time, maybe he would blossom, but you didn't really know for sure. And you just kind of hoped that the reds would figure it out by getting somebody else in. And then they did because they brought in Castellanos. Um, so that's interesting to say. And the other question that I had kind of looking at the Rockies this coming year, is there anyone coming through the farm system that's going to make a huge impact? Because I look at with the Reds, I look at Hunter Green and Nick Ladello could both be in the rotation. At least both should be in the rotation at least by July next year, hopefully by opening day, but that's neither here nor there. The Reds like to be conservative with service time and all that other stuff. Hopefully the CBA gets rid of all of that. That's a whole different thing. But when I look at those guys coming up through the farm system, I'm like, those are the two guys that are make the impact. Are there people like that for the Rockies? I don't know if necessarily the Rockies have someone that's going to come out right away. I think the Rockies need a little bit more time for some of their, but, but uh, Michael Toglia, he he's a first baseman. That's one thing. It's kind of interesting. He's just been hitting the cover off the baseball uh, and, 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 and in terms of, of home runs and, and offensive production here as, as the fall league has started, he's really got, and he had a strong end to his minor career. The Rockies sent a ton of people to Arizona and uh, Mexico. I believe, I think there's a lot of Rockies playing, winter ball for for developmental reasons so there's no one on the uh, that i'm seeing yet that that i'm like wow they're coming to to be the next thing yet for the rockies because i think the rockies have found their younger potential guy and in connor joe this was a player that i think uh, because the reds and the rockies met up pretty early this season if i recall correctly like both pre-trade deadline i think the the the, because they only played they played the two series right i think they usually think it like Think of like sandwiched around the end of May and beginning of June, I think. Yeah, so so you would have no clue who I'm talking about because this guy comes out of nowhere and um, he really just brings a, a he he just brought a presence to the team. Big smile, another mullet. Uh, the Rockies added yet mm-hmm. another mullet to to the lineup. But I, again, I think the Rockies are the most mulleted team in baseball. I had a whole episode exploring that. I don't, I can't think of any other team that's got more mullets. But uh, anyway, uh, he really he a great disciplined approach at the plate. Really, you know, so in 
you know, probably could still use a little bit more polishing in the outfield, but nothing hitting out there where you're like, that was a terrible route or anything. Not, you know, communication and stuff, just being familiar with playing in all these different outfield ballparks, you know, outfields, I think is is thing because he was getting everyday playing time uh, for a bit. He played first base. He was filling in there. And, and, and when COVID hit the Rockies, he was I, I think he was filling in there for Daza and some of the players in the outfield. And and he showed he was taking. He, I mean, before he got hurt at the end of the year, he was he was starting and taking time from from Rymel Tapia, who was the starting left fielder for the Rockies last year. So Connor Joe is easily my Rocky to watch next year because you, you, you just have to know if that's a uh, hey, I got it. You know, hot streak came to the league at uh, flash in the pan. It looks great. Got to see more just in terms of more games, but but I am I would love and and I saw someone on on Twitter that that pointed this out that they were like if Connor Joe turns out to be Max Muncie I will be really excited and I was like I'm honestly with that because it's we I I don't need him to be the next Nolan I don't need him to be anything I just want someone that's going to go up bat in the six hole that's going to have a great disciplined approach take you know take pitches build up counts and hit a ball in the double or, you know, hit a, hit a double in the gap. And he showed that he has home run potential too. I mean, he, he put the ball over the wall a few times, but then just got hurt. I think just as a matter of that, he survives testicular cancer, comes back at it, you know, after being out of the league, impresses the Rockies, impresses at the major league level level. And now this off season that while he can, you know, get himself right, go into a full spring, a full spring of not only, you know, more of, of just training of body of, of getting physically ready for, for 162. And I think he's going to be out there really making the, you know, some, some people excited because man, it was just, it's just so nice uh, to, to watch. I, I appreciate great at bats and, and you can tell when a pitcher, even if they don't, even if they get out, I just appreciate someone that's willing to take a pitch willing, you know, I mean, and, and just kind of draw out at bats and, I don't know, maybe Jeff, you can uh, things, but I watched, I had to, I listened and watched more of the Astros this year just because of my work with the Mariners. And when you just hear them talk about how they lead, and, and the Mariners were great at this too, just drawing out at bats. That's so important. I, I just think I really under undervalued the importance of good disciplined batting. I mean, you don't have to swing. The Rockies, are, you know, it's just, I know pitches are close, but, if, you know, umpires aren't perfect i i don't know i don't know if you noticed that i don't know if that's something you would watch for but i'm really looking for for uh more disciplined approaches at the plate because it just drives me i i i, I will say it drives me nuts going up there and just hacking at three pitches and being being okay with it no and i i agree with that that was one of the things that i noticed that coincided with the reds flatlining in september was they really had very low average pitches per at bats and they were having things where like it'd, it'd be like one and oh or something like that a ball no strikes and then they'd swing and it'd be a ground ball easy out because that happened to them against the cubs that happened to them against the tigers that happened to them against the marlins that happened to them against all the teams that they should beat and they started having a lot of problems with them because they come up to the plate swing at the first pitch ground ball easy out you'd have guys who nobody knew of that weren't any good at pitching that would come in and have career days against the reds because they'd only averaged like 10 pitches an inning it was just it was not good um, to see the at-bats that they had in September and i think a lot of that had to do with not grinding out at-bats and that was the converse of what um the what the Astros and the Mariners and what the Braves have really made their calling card and the reason that they are where they are in the playoffs. And I, I asked you about the uh, the guys coming up through the system because I kind of wanted to see, I, and I think it segues perfectly into our next topic, which was the big news. 
coming out of the minor leagues and, and the news that Major League Baseball would be rectifying a wrong that they have done for so long when it comes to minor league baseball players. But I want to talk about that here in just a minute because firstly, Paul, I got to ask you, have you had a Built Bar lately? I have had a Built Bar lately and there's, oh, there's, I, so, oh my God, I, there's so many delicious flavors. Yeah. You got to love those flavors, man. And, and the nutrition facts on those are just so amazing. Like just, I, I love listening to stuff about built bar. So take it away. You got it here. And, and, and I am happy to tell you all about built bar here because like I said, so many delicious flavors, coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, the German chocolate. My favorite Anyone that have chocolate, I, I got to admit, I love anything that's got chocolate in it. So I'm always, almost always going to the chocolate stuff. And, and Jeff, that's what's great about Built Bars, because like you said, I since I love chocolate, these are a great way to kind of get that that chocolate fix. And and I'm not going overboard. I'm not going out like I'm having like a candy bar, even though I still uh, you know happen to have some candy bars. But here here's the deal: 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from 130 to 180. Only four to five grams of sugar. That's the big one, folks. If you haven't looked at some of your protein bars, that's the big one. I think you got to look at is that sugar content and only four to five grams of sugar right there. Tasty and not too bad on the sugar. And you can all Get them delicious flavors for only four to five grams of net carbs as well. They're amazing. They're all tasty. They're all healthy. And if you can't pick your favorite, they got the mix box where you can get two of each of the nine delicious flavors all available for you. And we got a great deal for you uh, here for our Locked On listeners. You can go to Built.com. That's Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built com the best tasting protein bar ever and i got another promo code for you and this is at our favorite online sportsbook at betonline.ag go there and set up your profile today with the promo code locked on and get 100 percent more what 100 no yeah 100 buy one get one free 100 percent more at betonline.ag. They've got amazing lines, and I got a tip for you. We were talking about how you know there's lots of great baseball going on with the playoffs. There's NBA getting started up pretty soon. You've got NHL going on. I'm looking at some NCAA football, and you know we started off yesterday's podcast on the crossover part one by talking about some Cincinnati football. I'm looking at Cincinnati and Navy. Cincinnati's going on the road to the midshipmen, and they are favored by 27 and a half points. I'm telling you, hammer that. Because the last couple of weeks, they've been favored by three touchdowns, and they've been winning by five touchdowns. Hammer that spread. Lay the points. Take the Bearcats. They're on a roll, and they're number two in the country. Did we mention that? Yeah, we said that yesterday. So, yeah, number two Bearcats. Take them. Minus 27 and a half at Navy. I'm putting some money on it right now, and there we go. Bam. Bearcats minus 27 and a half, which the VIG on that is minus 110 at betonline.ag. Go there, set up your profile with the promo code locked on, get 100% more to open up your bankroll and make some more for your bankroll by taking the Bearcats at minus 27 and a half. That's betonline.ag and the promo code locked on. I don't, I, I don't, I don't have them up in front of me, but I'm just going to say, I know they have been disappointing, but maybe put a little money on the Broncos. I think the Browns, with a, as beat up as they are, short turnaround, no Kareem Hunt. I need yeah. Nick Chubb back though for my fantasy team desperately, so uh, I'm gonna I need he, him back. 
I'm going to guess that they bring him back as much as, as uh, hopefully as much as they can, because they're going to run into a situation where they've got to run, um, forget his name. Is it Derek Johnson? And he's only okay. Or Darnest Johnson. Darnest Johnson is his name. And he's only okay. He's nowhere as good as Hunt and Chubb. And they want to run the ball. And they yeah. showed you why. Because when they ran into that buzzsaw of Arizona, if you're going to rely on Baker Mayfield, you're going to lose. Like, mm-hmm. just it's just how it is. He's, he's a pretty decent game management quarterback. But if you ask him to be more than that, he's not. He needs those running backs. He needs those big things. And I, I, I got a quick little rant, and maybe we'll clip this out because I'm fine if this goes public. You absolutely pulled off robbery in the Lockdown MLB <laughs> fantasy trade. I have been trying for weeks to get a deal done to get Jamar Chase on my team. And all you have to – and I offered. Let me tell you, I will give – and I will put this out here for everyone to listen. I offered a blockbuster deal to him, and, and I guess I asked too much. But I offered him Tyler Lockett, Kyler Murray, and Kittle. For Joey B, Jamar Chase, and the, here's only the, the big price tag, which is Devontae Adams. You take that trade all day, and you got to you sneak away. Yeah. You're just like ah, Aaron Rodgers, where you because I, I, we'll also get insight. Uh, Jeff and I may or may not be in last place in, in the locked on MLB fantasy football. Dying, you know, you know, dying. We're, throwing, we're throwing that out there. Both teams trying to make some moves here, and all he has to do is give away one quarterback, and he's got literally a great lock combination that's going to be a, a, a shoe in for for a good stack points. I'm here. You, you, I'm out there. You know, you're frustrating me. Weeks, I'm telling you, three weeks. I was trying to find a deal to get Jamar Chase because I wanted Mike Williams and Jamar Chase because he wasn't playing both of them at one point, and then he's like, Nah, I'm, I'm San Diego. I already go home. San Diego. That part, but. <laughs> Anyway, right. No, but, and that's, and that's Paul putting our friend Javi on blast. Javi locked on Padres host. Um, yeah. And I'll tell you because the negotiations for that deal were very strenuous. Um, he offered me the trade and I accepted it. (laughs) We, God dang it. I, I, and he sent me a message. Like I took another deal as if, as if he was proposing. Now that makes, God. Son of a <laughs> I, oh, I, knew, man. I knew you would like that. I couldn't believe it. I was like, well, yeah, I'm see, here's the thing. Like when it comes, I, I am only so good at any fantasy sport. Now basketball is going to be, huge. I've never really, uh, ventured into it, but sleepers got this really awesome way to play fantasy basketball. And that is like you build your roster and then each week you pick one game per player. So it's not who has the guys who are playing the most games. It's just, you pick your best matchup with all your guys. So I like that. And I'm looking forward to playing that. But, um, when it comes to fantasy football and fantasy baseball, I'm a little bit biased. And, uh, I, even though the Bengals have always been heartbreakers for me, I still try to get a couple of Bengals on my team. I try to get a couple of reds on my team and then I build my team from there. And that's why my fantasy ability is maybe a little bit limited in some aspects. So, but when, when he offered me that trade of burrow and chase for Rogers, I'm like, Discount double check. I'll see you later, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes way more great trade for you. I mean, that that's a no-brainer. I mean, that, that, yeah. just, but boy, I I I need I've literally been weeks I've been trying to like, man, this this is a, a sinking ship and we need to write it somehow. And uh, I don't I was trying to. No one's into the blockbuster, I guess. I'm like, you guys finally get to be GM and play these blockbusters and uh sure enough, but uh unfortunately it's gonna be hard to trade Tyler Lockett now. I think that's gonna be kind of a tough one. But uh it's well, it's all of- about Russell Wilson. He's got he's got this like whoa. 
You, you knocked a book, some books behind you over there. Yeah. yeah. How about that? It's a couple of Calvin and Hobbes books. That scared the crap out oh, of me. Nice. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So that that was a great trade. I, I, was, I was happy about that. And sorry that it kind of ruined you. But I'll tell you what. There's some good news, Paul. And let's talk about this real quick before we close. Because Major League Baseball announced that they will finally – do what they ha- should have been doing for a very long time, and that is they will be providing. Now, and that, they didn't come out. They're, they're still working out the details of this, but they will be providing housing for minor league ball players. Finally, I will give them yeah. one clap because, let's face it, they should have been doing this all along, but there you go. Yeah, it's just an example of one clap is appropriate. It's it's progress. I mean, that is you you do applaud progress, and and it is exciting because minor league players will be in a better situation going forward than they were in the past. But this is just honestly far too little. I'm, I I yeah. I am the type of person that feels no sympathy for the 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 higher ups, the one percent dipping a little bit more to just taking care of some people, especially people that are so key to your organization. I I honestly believe that you. I wouldn't be surprised if 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 you get better performance and better production and better long term production from players that come up through your system that are treated you know that that don't have to find. I mean, you see some of these pictures, you hear some of these stories because there's a lot of minor league players that aren't going to hit the big show, but that doesn't mean that they don't deserve to have a nice place to live when they're actually going out and building out your roster of your developmental teams and doing this stuff. That's important. I mean, you have enough money to fly you know do do your rich people things like you have enough money to make sure that like how is your how do you not just have a facility for mine like why I, i'm kind of just surprised there's not like a campus type thing or or yeah. something where they, they they can't do more that's the thing i now you've done this do more living wages benefits these people are important they they sacrifice because you, you can't ask people to be minor league baseball players and normal people because they're that just doesn't react because you're like very few bosses. You you, you got to have some really cool bosses that are like, hey, um, I'd love to work for you, but uh, eight months out of the year, I can't because uh, right. I'm <laughs> playing baseball. I'm, I'm training. I'm traveling. I'm playing, I, uh, you know, because with I, I, I'm not so I, I don't have as much toned into the minors, so I don't know how the day to day normally works. But still, I have to imagine game day is two hours pre three hour game, two hour post. And you're putting all of that into your, that's seven hours of your day where, and then you got to get, if you're going to sleep and recover, cause you're an athlete, where do you fit in the six to eight hours that a normal person works to earn in some cases enough for a living wage? Not always, but that's what I'm saying. These, these sports right. teams across the board, they should be, there should be way more invest. I'm never opposed to more investment in your players and more things because you have the money to do so. I mean, you know, and that might not be true for every team, but but I when I look at it at the Rockies, I just I'm like, dude, you're a top ten a team in attendance every year for a team that's sub five hundred. Like, I, and you're not, I mean, your payroll's not gonna, you know, you're not paying everyone a ton of money. I mean, I know you're paying the Cardinals fifty million dollars for for one of the best players that you've ever had, but right. again, uh, again, great news. But let's do more. Let's be better. Let's 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 invest more in these minor league players. And make no mistake about it, we're talking about a living wage. We're not talking about minor leaguers making millions of dollars a year. We're talking right. about dudes making, you know, maybe you know, thirty, thirty-five, something, at least enough to live the life of where they are. And especially, I mean, I think of guys like CNL Perez for the Reds. He was up and down from AAA about nineteen different times this year. You're going to tell me that he's got a normal life? There's no way that a guy like that has a normal life because he's got to be in between from Louisville to Cincinnati 
or wherever they are. They might not be in Cincinnati. They might be in Florida or they might yeah. be in California. So it's like to ask these guys to have a normal life. And I've heard a lot of old hat takes from this. Like, well, they chose this life. They chose to chase a dream. It's like, here's the thing though. They're doing that and they are committing their life to it. They're not punching a clock. This is not a 40 hour a week job. They don't have a finite schedule that it's like, okay, from 8 AM to 4 PM, I'm doing this. So I've got, you know, a couple of hours here where I can work a part-time job. No, that's not a thing. Like these right. minor league dudes have dedicated their life to it. So at least give them the ability, even if they're in single a or rookie ball or whatever, give them the ability to live and, and yeah. stop asking them to go shop at Aldi's once every three months with the salary that you don't pay them. <laughs> like, come yeah. on, give them the living wage. Yeah, it, it, it just no excuse I, I, for me. I, I maybe I am not as and that's kind of, I guess, maybe where I close my mind. Maybe I got to be put your big business, your major, your professional sports, your entertainment. I know deep down we know how much money and deals are there. And it's not too hard to be like, hey, you know what? Let's put a little bit more for these people that are eventually going to come and perform for us at this level. That's what we're hoping for. Why would you not want them to in, to, to be treated as, as, as best as they can and Especially because I get worried about the health. I mean, why did would you see five minor your minor league players are sharing a room and sleeping on twin mattresses on the floor? And what if one of those is a top ten prospect? Because I mean, right. it, it, that's definitely happened there. I mean, I know top prospects might get a little different and they get their signing bonuses and stuff, but there, there's that still happens. There's still so many variables there. Well, and to even add to the point about big business, it's not as if there there is not one sports owner. I don't care what sport you're talking about. There's not a sports owner that their livelihood depends on that team. That team is a frivolous part of their business, whatever that might be. So for people to act as if they've got to run this really strict budget and they can't spend that much money. Well, that's foolhardy because you bought the team. You you right. invested in this. This is not something that was thrust on you, and this is not something that you need for survival. These minor leaguers are surviving while they're also trying to grow and become and, and follow their dream. They are also surviving. So help them do that because, well, if you bought the team, you should be able to do that. Yeah, and you know, just for the record, too, I'm not paid. You should, internships should always be paid. You should never, unless yep. you actively volunteer to go be a, a, an unpaid intern. There's just, I just believe that it's kind of like time is so valuable. Time and health is so valuable. And if you, and if people are committing those things to you as a business owner, I really do believe that you should be doing everything in your power to to respect that, honor that, and reward that. I mean, because like you said, to get to get to to double a to get to triple a for some of these people that is the mountain you know and, and that is it, that that is something that people got to focus but we're, we're going a little long here so maybe, maybe i think we might need to reel it in a little bit yeah here, uh, to, to, to I, I, yeah we get talking about stuff like this paul and and, and time kind of goes away from us but i i think that it deserves a clap but it's a yeah. slow clap and the next clap comes when they start doing more for minor leaguers because there's still more they can do, but that's how we're going to end it today, Paul. I appreciate getting to talk with you these last couple of days on these awesome crossovers. Like we said, this is part two. If you missed part one, go check it out. You can find it here on the lockdown reds, YouTube channel or on lockdown Rockies or lockdown reds. When your, your favorite podcasting apps. And thanks again for making us your first level first listen, Paul, cause <laughs> where, where can they find us? everywhere we're free and streaming everywhere 
absolutely everywhere. But for Paul and myself, that's going to wrap up our crossover edition for Lockdown Reds listeners. You can check out some awesome uh, On This Date in Reds History podcast tomorrow. We're throwing it back a while. And we got Cam Miller from the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum to talk about all of that. And Paul, what you oh, got? That's coming really up? cool. I, honestly, I well, so I used to work for the flagship for the Reds in Athens, WATH Power. Nice. That's actually one thing I do want to tease here. Uh, and uh, if it's the same voice that does this date in Reds baseball that you're joining, he's awesome. He's super fun. I, I think it is the same voice, which is great. But hey, for you Ohio fans out there, I do also host uh, for my radio station there in Athens. It's a show all about Ohio bands. We, we interview other bands too, but the main focus is Ohio bands. It's called Groovy Soup. If you're interested in finding your next favorite band uh, from, from the Buckeye State, over a uh, we're we're probably close to 150 episodes, hundreds of bands from Ohio, your next favorite bands out there. But you can also find us for off-season Rockies talk uh, here at LO Rockies on Twitter. YouTube is coming soon for Locked on Rockies if you're interested on that. And uh, we also are on all streaming services at Locked on Rockies. And I'm at Paul Holden 33. And if you play music and want to be a part of the show, let me know. Be happy to have you on the show. <laughs> There you go. He is Paul. I am Jeff, and you can hear us every single day on Lockdown Rockies and Lockdown Reds. But as for today's episode, that'll do it. Thanks again for watching and listening, and we'll talk to you guys very soon. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.